Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship today, this the 19th Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, for our friends worshiping online or on the radio, just a reminder that you can go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there you can uh, uh, download the bulletin for today for, from the resources tab. You may also give your offering to the Lord and his church under the Give tab. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by the Glenn family in honor of Pastor Glenn's birthday. Just a few announcements to share with you before we start worship today. Uh, last reminders for two important events. This upcoming Saturday, October 22nd, from 10 a.m. to noon, Chapel's Life team will be hosting a workshop on the topic of memory loss and dementia care. Uh, please plan to attend that and invite as many people as you can to come with you, a friend or a family member or somebody you know who could benefit from that workshop. It is a free workshop. Please register in advance if you could on our website, chapelofthecross.org, or you can just call up the church office and we'll, they will register you uh, for, for, the, for the workshop. And the other reminder, the Chapel Traveler's Trip to Day 3 Seeds Headquarters and Lutheran Heritage Sites in Perry County is scheduled for the 24th of October, that Monday. Uh, sign up at the Welcome Center to go and see if you've got questions, see Ken Kreitner or Bill Rusnick uh, for more information about that. Uh, just so you know, though, the deadline to sign up is October 17th, so the deadline is coming up. Thank you for helping our youth with their fall service project of filling Thanksgiving boxes for Helping Hands Food Pantry. Uh, many of those donation cards have been taken already and donations have already, already started to trickle in. Uh, there's a few of those slips left if you want to take one of those donation slips and bring the food item back to church. There's collection boxes there at that table in the commons area. Uh, for the frozen items or refrigerated items, please place those in the refrigerator or in the freezer in the workroom in the church office. And thank you very much for collecting those things. We will be holding a member orientation on Sunday, October 30th at 12.30 p.m. So that's for um, really anybody who would like to come, but especially for those who are new to the church, who have uh, recently become members or who are looking to become members of Chapel of the Cross, or even if you've been here a long time and just want to hear a little bit more about chapel. That's just fine, too. Uh, we're going to have a light lunch together. We'll learn about the ministry of Chapel of the Cross. We'll have a chance to ask some questions, and then we'll take a little walking tour of the facility. So please sign up for that, though, at the Welcome Center so we know how many people to prepare for. That's October 30th, that's Sunday at 12.30 p.m. And on the same day, our own director of music, Ryan Meyer, will be taking part in leading and playing an organ vesper service at Hope Lutheran Church in the city in St. Louis, uh, Sunday the 23rd, starting at 4 p.m., and you're invited to attend that. That service will commemorate Lutheran hymn writers Philip Nikolai and Johann Hermann and Paul Gerhardt. Uh, see the chapel weekly for some information about that, or you can talk to Ryan. He'd be happy to share some information about that as well. The third quarter contribution statements are available, and those are ready for you to pick up. Those are in a box there at the Welcome Center. They're alphabetical by last name. Uh, please take yours home with you uh, as you go today. And uh, thank you very much for your continued good stewardship here at Chapel of the Cross. Our elder for this weekend is, is Jay's Virgins. Jay will be greeting you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know Jay as one of your elders here at Chapel. God's blessings as we worship, we begin by singing that opening hymn, 869, With the Lord Begin Your Task. We stand to sing it together.
beginning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Son of Righteousness shall rise with shining beams of healing. Let us gather under the wings of God's mercy. Gracious God, we acknowledge that we are sinners and we confess our sins, those known to us that burden our hearts and those unknown to us but seen by you. We know that before you nothing remains hidden and in you everything is revealed. Free us from the slavery of sin. Liberate us from the bondage of guilt. Work in us that which is pleasing in your sight. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. From the house of David, God raised up a mighty Savior. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who comes to set us free. Remembering the covenant, God delivered us from our enemies. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who comes to set us free. Before God, we are holy and righteous, free to worship without fear. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who comes to set us free. With a heart full of mercy and compassion, God saves us and forgives us all our sins. Christ, the dawn from on high, shines upon us and by the light of the Holy Spirit guides our feet into the way of peace. Amen. Lord be with you. 
Let us pray. O Lord, almighty and everlasting God, you have commanded us to pray and have promised to hear us. Mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may direct and govern our hearts in all things, that we may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the 32nd chapter of Genesis. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his eleven sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and, over, and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. This is the word of the Lord.
The epistle is from the third and fourth chapters of 2 Timothy. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. This is the word of the Lord. We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice, and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May be seated for our hymn.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. He stood at the bank of the Jabbok, a shallow stream about 20 miles north of the Dead Sea. And as he stood on the shore of that stream, I'm sure he wondered, I mean, what if this is it? What if this is the end? Is this where my world is going to come crashing down? For 20 years he had worked, and worked very, very hard to make a better life for his family. And that had worked, really. I mean, they were well off. They were prosperous, they were comfortable, they were safe, or so he thought. Sometimes your past has a way of catching up with you. And that night, as he stood on the shore of the Jabbok, he knew that it was coming. Be a day of reckoning, 20 years in the making. And the next morning, he could lose everything that he had. And he was terrified. His name was Jacob, and he stood on that riverbank wrestling with his future because of what had happened in his past. Jacob had a history, you know. That history actually started all the way back when his brother and he were born. Jacob and his brother Esau were twins. Esau was slightly older. He came out of the womb first. But from the very beginning, you could tell that Jacob was going to be a little bit different. In fact, he came out of that womb grabbing on to the heel of his brother. So his dad named him Yaakov, which means grabber. But that name, Jacob, has some other connotations in Hebrew as well. Not so nice connotations either. It can also mean deceiver, cheater. Now, I love that name, Jacob. I've got a son named Jacob. <laughs> but, but that's not a very nice name when you look at the meaning, is it? Ah, here comes Isaac's son, the little cheater. But he lived up to that name, didn't he? Especially in, his, in the way that he and his mother tried to go about carrying out a promise of God. See, God had come to the mother, Rebecca, and she said, he said, out of these two boys that you got, that older one is going to serve the younger. In other words, Jacob would get the birthright, the blessing. Now, that's not how it usually worked, you know. Usually it was the other way around. But God said, not this time. This time the younger brother will get the birthright. That was God's will. But as you can imagine, that's not what Esau wanted. <laughs> and that's not what Dad wanted either. No, Isaac wanted the birthright to go to Esau. And Esau was his favorite. He was a hunter. He was a man's man. And after all, that's the way we always do it, you know. It always goes to the firstborn. But after waiting for God to keep his promise, Jacob and his mother, they grabbed for it. They schemed and they deceived. And true to Jacob's name, they cheated. They stole the birthright, and they started this big problem that led to Jacob standing on this riverbank, wrestling with his past and wrestling with his future. Because when Esau found out that his blessing had been stolen, he had a simple plan. He said, 
I'm going to wait for dad to die. And then I'm going to kill you, Jacob. I'm going to murder you. And I'm going to take back what's mine. That's the night that Jacob fled. Ran away into the wilderness. But God did not forget about Jacob. Even though he schemed and even though he deceived and even though he cheated, God comes to Jacob in a dream at a place called Bethel. And he sees this wonderful sight, this stairway going all the way up into heaven. And on that stairway going up and down, up and down are angels of God. And at the very top of that stairway is God himself, the Lord. And God had some wonderful promises for this grabber, this deceiver, this cheater for Jacob. He says, I'm the Lord, and I've got a promise for you. I will prosper you, Jacob. I'm going to give you the land where you are sleeping. I'm going to give you descendants as numerous as that, that, that they'd be like the dust of the earth. And Jacob, from your descendants, one day is going to be the Savior of the world. The Savior is coming from your family. <laughs> what an amazing promise. To this young man whose brother was looking to kill him, who de deceived his father into blessing him, whose future was uncertain at best, God says, with this blessing, Jacob, you can walk into your future because you do not go alone. I am with you. It's a beautiful promise. But Jacob's future didn't get a whole lot better, at least not yet. He stopped running from Esau at the house of his uncle Laban. And uncle Laban, if you know the story, I mean, he was a real cheater of the family as he tried to take advantage of Jacob over and over and over again. He duped Jacob into marrying the wrong sister. He tried to cheat him out of his flocks and out of his herds. Do you know what God did? God kept his promises. He protected Jacob from Laban's schemes. He found a way to, to, to bless Jacob with children and with flocks and with, with wealth. He prospered Jacob just like he promised to do. So much so that after 20 years, Jacob was a very, very wealthy man. But there were more promises to be kept. So God appeared to Jacob 20 years after he had run away and he said, it's time to go home, Jacob. And even though he would have to face a father whom he deceived and a brother whom Jacob thought still wanted to kill him, Jacob went. And as Jacob was setting out for his journey with his flocks, with his family, with his caravan to go on home, he received word from some messengers on that bank of the Jabbok. They said, your brother is riding toward you with 400 armed men. Well, there's only one reason to bring 400 armed men when you're meeting the brother you promised to kill, right? It's because it's a day to settle an old score. And Jacob is distressed. He's terrified. He's desperate. There's 400 armed men coming at him, and all he has is women and children and sheep. So what does Jacob do? I love what Jacob does. He prays. Jacob prays this wonderful prayer. 
And what a beautiful example for us when we might be at a point of wrestling with our past or wrestling with, with what's going to be happening in the future. The prayer that Jacob prays actually comes right before the, the verses that you heard read here in Genesis 32. He prays, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, O Lord, save me. Save me. That's the prayer of a man who can bring nothing to God but ask for everything from God. It's a kind of prayer that you and I can bring too, isn't it? Rescue me, O Lord. O God, save me. You know, you never have to hesitate to tell God that you're afraid. You never have to hesitate to tell God that you're worried or that you're anxious or that you're angry or that you're sad. You can take everything to that God who says, cast your cares on me because I care for you. Remember how that hymn goes, have we trials or temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. We, we can take all of those things to our God. And God will always point us back to the promise. Now, it's the really great thing about Jacob's prayer. Jacob continues his prayer and he says, But you, Lord, have said... I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. But you said, Lord, you said, I'm afraid Esau is going to kill me, but you said, Lord, you said I'm going to prosper. My children are going to live. And Jacob is just clinging to this promise, this central truth of our lives as Christians. What God has promised to you, he will deliver. He will give it. You can take that to the bank. You can depend on it. You don't have to think twice about it. What God has promised to you, he will deliver. He will give it. I mean, think about what God promised to Jacob. He promised that he was going to give him the land. It's going to make him prosper. He's going to give him descendants as numerous as the sand on the seashore, and that the Savior was going to be coming from his family. And none of those things will come to pass if Esau slaughters them all. God says, this is my promise. And Jacob could hang on to that promise. And Jacob could say, you said, Lord, you promised Here's another important truth. What God promised to Jacob, he has not promised to you or to me. He has not promised that you're going to be rich, that you're even going to have a job. He's never made you that promise. He's not promised that you will not get cancer or diabetes or Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, or any other kind of disease. He's not promised that you will live a long and a healthy life. 
He didn't promise that. He didn't say that to you and me. So we can't demand that from him. We can't say about those things, well, you said, Lord, because he hasn't said that. But he did make us a promise that is even better. And he did make us a promise that is even greater. He makes us a promise that our past actions and our present circumstances and our future problems do not dictate our relationship with our God. Our relationship with him is right because of Jesus Christ, what Jesus has done. That's his promise. God has put his name on you in your baptism. He has marked you as his own in your baptism. That's his promise. And God has provided a Savior not for perfect people with people who have perfect faith, but for falling and feeling sinners. Sinners like Jacob and sinners like you and sinners like me. He declares his promises to us. He says, for as high as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. He promises, I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. Oh, what a wonderful promise. Because that means we don't have to wrestle with the past and we can look forward to the future. Which includes another wonderful promise from our God. Jesus said, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Oh, what a promise. And with those promises, we can say to God, oh, but God, you said, you said, Lord, you said that I'm forgiven. You said that my future is secure. You said that you're preparing a place just for me in the heavenly realms. You said that eternal salvation is mine. You said it, Lord. You promised. And what God has promised to you and to me, he will deliver. He will give it. It's an amazing prayer that Jacob prayed on the banks of the Jabbok. God answered that prayer. He answered that prayer kind of in an incredible way. And, and it's our, really our text for today from Genesis 32. Finally, here at the end of the sermon, I'm, I'm getting to our text. Suddenly, a man jumps Jacob in the dark, and this fight breaks out, and there's this pushing and pulling and wrestling on the ground. And even though Jacob doesn't know who this was, at least not at first, we do. The Bible says this is the angel of the Lord. And not just any angel. This is God himself wrestling with Jacob. But God did not come down to wrestle with Jacob, to defeat him, to destroy him, to kill him. I mean, think about it. God himself wrestled Jacob to a draw. The creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who put the stars and the planets in their place and still takes care of them, the all-powerful, the almighty, he rescues this middle-aged man to a draw. 
he allowed that wrestling match to end in a tie. Because God did not come down to defeat or to destroy or to kill Jacob. He came to bless him. And finally, when Jacob realized what was going on, he held on to God and he pleaded for a blessing. God said, what's your name? Cheater. Deceiver. Grabber. My name's Jacob. God said, not anymore. Your name is Israel. Israel in Hebrew means God strives or God overcomes. How interesting. Maybe in his new name, God wanted Jacob to, to be continually reminded that he and the nation that he would become would only over, overcome through the overcoming power of God working in him and that overcoming power of God working through him. And all of those past sins that Jacob just continually wrestled with, God had overcome them. And all of those past sins that we just continually wrestle with, God has overcome them too through his son Jesus. And as the sun rose and as Jacob, now known as Israel, limped toward his brother and his army, he knew that even if the world was just crashing down all around him, God would keep his promise somehow, some way. And as we sometimes limp into our future, our security is the very same. Because we are armed with the promises of God. And we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God keeps his promises in Jesus. For what God has promised to us, he will deliver. God will give it. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand as we confess together our common faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. You find that on page 8 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, your Son encouraged us to be diligent in prayer, and St. Paul called on us to pray without ceasing. Hear the prayers of your people for the sake of your Son and grant your blessing to all who come before you this day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, praise and thanks be to you for your great love by which you invite and receive sinners back into your family through the forgiveness of sin. Keep us steadfast in this saving faith and cause us to be drawn to your love and salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, help all leaders, pastors, and missionaries in your church to fight the good fight of the faith and to proclaim your saving word with clarity, power, and boldness and guard them from all adversity. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, your word is the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. Bless those who gather to teach and to learn your word, especially our Sunday school, confirmation class, and Bible studies. Empower us to delight in your word and to walk in your ways. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Good Lord, you exalt the humble and you humble the exalted. Give to all leaders of nations a spirit of humility that they may advocate for peace, justice, and freedom for all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, you are a fortress of defense in the time of trouble. Preserve those in the midst of danger, violence, and crime. Bring peace and harmony to the streets of our city and county. And grant that those threatened with evil may cling to you in faith and not be ashamed or afraid. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, you have promised never to abandon your children. Give us such confidence in your gracious will that we will not abandon you in times of testing, grow weary when hope is tried, or listen with itching ears to the false voices who would entice us. Help us always and in all things to hold on to your promises with joy and thanksgiving. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Look down from heaven, O Lord. Visit and relieve those who are ill or injured, including Marlon Brutlog, Malu Martin, Sky Ryman, and Gloria Utley. Lord, look upon them with the eyes of your mercy and give them comfort and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Christ, our Redeemer, we remember before you Julie Seibert and her family upon the death of her mother Kathy this past Sunday, and David Funky and his family upon the death of his father William this past Tuesday. Make your presence known to them and all those who mourn the death of loved ones, comforting them with your faithful love and victory over death. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious Lord, we praise and thank you, along with Matt and Rachel Gar, upon the birth of their granddaughter, Piper Leanne, born this past Wednesday to parents Sam and Cherish, and Pastor Glenn and his family as they celebrate his birthday. Continue to bless, to lead, and to guide these, your people, as they give thanks to you for your good gifts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We continue standing as we sing our recessional hymn together, Lord, dismiss us with your blessing. <laughs>